HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. In today's episode, HW Plus Managing Editor Brennan Knapp joins Mortgage Editor James Kleiman to discuss the most compelling articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. In this episode, the pair review Kleiman's recent article, which is part of HW Plus Premium content that digs deeper into the latest mortgage application pull-through rate and why LO say some applications aren't making it to the finish line. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Today, for Monday Moon, a cup of coffee with Housing Wire Daily, we're joined by James Kleiman. He's our mortgage editor. You've been on this before. You're basically a pro now at this point. So good morning, James, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Brennan. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, and if you haven't been on our website or kind of seen some of the trending stories, James has penned quite a few of the stories that right now in our morning huddle, we kind of went over the news stories that are taking over, that are kind of going viral, and a lot of stories, especially 2021, but a lot of some in the weeds, LO stories as well, have been um, really capturing the attention of our audience and beyond. So excited to dive into that today with you, James. Yeah, I'm, I'm also excited. I think we've got a, a lot of good content. It was such a busy week last week as well. So there's uh, no shortage of stories to talk about. No shortage, especially it's crazy to think we're heading into the end of the year and usually people are slowing down, but we're only speeding up. So for that first question, we always like to start off with what is something that you are watching news story topic article very closely right now? So yeah, why don't we kind of start with, um, you know, I wrote a piece, I guess it was last week, man, that the time really flies. Um, and, and it was pegged to this statistic that I found in a recent MBA uh, Mortgage Bankers Association report, and and it was about something called the pull-through rate. And for those who don't know, it's essentially, you know, if, if you were to look at 100% of applications, how many of those applications actually get funded uh, with the you know the lender that received that application? And and I looked a little bit further into the data, and it was something like 72% of applications were funded during the third quarter. And and then you look a little further in, and then for refis, it's only 65%. And so that kind of piqued my interest. I wanted to know, you know, where where are these loans that are not making it? We're on track for something like, I think it's depending on the estimate, between 3.4 trillion this year 
in origination volume, and some have forecasted um, over four billion, uh, wow. four trillion, excuse me. And and so that's a massive amount of money that's pouring into this. And if we're leaving even money on the table, what explains that? Yeah. You know, and I, I think some of it you can attribute to simple capacity issues. Um, you know, others maybe maybe let's say I I'm looking to do you know, a traditional 30-year mortgage and Brenna is the, the lender and I start the application with Brenna and then I see an ad on TV for Rocket and I go, eh, maybe I'll go with Rocket instead. And then Brenna no longer gets that loan and that counts, right? Um, but but I, I took it a bit further and I wanted to talk to people who do this every day. I'm obviously a reporter. This is not um, not really particularly in my wheelhouse. And, and I asked them, I said, you know, Tell me about the situations in which you're saying, I'm not going to fund this loan. This isn't worth it for me. You know, maybe it's too small amount of money. Maybe, maybe the credit of, of the potential borrower isn't quite what you're looking for. Give me some examples. Um, and I got a lot of examples. So, you know, I, I talked to a guy, uh, Lonnie Flessner. He's an LO out in uh, Englewood, Colorado. I think pretty close to you, Brenna. Yep. He's that Traper and Kramer mortgage. And, and, and basically he's like, look, you know, everybody knows right now, this is a great time to get a mortgage, whether it's refi, whether it's purchase. And he said he had a refi client out in California and they own a geodesic dome home, which is like, how do wow. you even find a comp for that? You know, it's, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's pretty much impossible to finance because I, I don't think a lender knows how to underwrite that. And, and it's, it's the kind of thing that I, I think, you know, if, if Lonnie and his team were not so busy, maybe they would try to get that, you know, sorted. But, but today he'd be missing out on a lot of vanilla, easy purchase and refi deals to try to get, you know, a loan, you know, a geodesic dome home mm-hmm. refinanced. And I just, you know, I, I kept hearing stories like that where LOs were, look, in a perfect environment, you know, I would take out a loan or I would work with somebody on this loan, but you know we're, we're really optimized to to thrive in an environment in which we can just do a lot of volume. And so anything that doesn't quite fit into that is is really hard for them to to kind of pick up at this point. They'd rather, you know, just pump out a bunch of refis, purchase mortgages, you know, and they're making good fees on these. These are like you know eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand dollars. Um, for not not a ton of work in some cases, yeah. um, you know, and, and other people told me that they have a screening process. So, you know, if you have a loan and you're looking for under $100,000, you're probably not going to get a loan officer who's terribly enthused at that prospect just because there's such a deluge of business. Um, and so, you know, I, I just continue to hear a lot of stories like that. And um, I think it does lead to greater questions about, you know, if you look at the borrower profile, who who among them are not getting funded in this time, you know, and and I heard from a lot of people off the record who didn't want to put their names on it that they they didn't want to take you know a lot of risks on loans and, and often you know people who are considered um, by by credit rating agencies and lenders to be risky borrowers, um, you know, are are not you know the people with the lily white picket fence. And um, people talk a lot about trying to to increase home ownership in America, but really when it comes down to it, money's on the table. In a lot of cases, they they choose the easy route. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that we, we're gonna continue to look for, um, you know, in, in 
new stories over the next month or two. That was going to be my follow-up just comment, maybe not question, is that that story is far from over. You did a lot of digging and you've contacted a lot of sources for it to kind of like this wide range of input from people. So I'm, I just wanted to note that like for people to stay tuned and figure out what else is coming down the pipeline for it. I also wanted to just kind of like highlight one of the points that you just made. Um, and I don't know if you'll have it off the top of your head, but I thought it was interesting as you're writing that the pull through rate um, over the years, you even went back and figured out where does this stand in the time frame? Is this pull, re- pull through rate normal? Is it comparable to the years past? Can you dive into that a little bit, how this compares historically? Yeah, yeah. So I asked the MBA if they were if they were able to pull some data. Um, and, and as you, you may know, the MBA typically charges like a ton of money for people who want like special data, but I, I guess they like me or something. Um, and they were they were able to put together like a pretty crude uh, spreadsheet, just you know, documenting the pull through rates over the last five years. I didn't want to make them do too much extra work. <laughs> and um, and so in, in the fourth quarter of 2019, the highest rate that we had seen in those five years that I looked at, uh, that was 78 percent. Um, and so that's really just before everything kind of went crazy with Corona. You know, that was like the last like purely normal um, market that we've had in a while. Um, And then if you look at the lowest point over the last five years, it's the quarter that followed, which is the first quarter of 2020. And that was 67%. And that's both purchase and refi combined. And so if you were to just look at refi, you know, solo, I I would imagine that that's probably somewhere in the fifties at that point, you know, or lenders are just like, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to fund this or borrowers were were rate shopping so phenomenally. but that seems unlikely given what we know about the first quarter at this point. Um, but for the most part, you know, if you look at the pull through rates historically, it's generally in the low seventies, high sixties. Yeah. So it is consistent. That context definitely helps. And kudos to you for that data. That's why I'm a big believer in people, even though we talk about these stories here, go to the website to read the full thing. Cause there's a lot of information packed into that. Um, outside of the um, LO pull through the story you've been following there, What's another story that you personally have been most interested in or fascinated by? Hmm. There are there are a lot of good stories going on right now. I, I've been chatting. I've been working on this pretty beefy feature that I, I'm sure my editor is going to be very upset that I haven't filed yet at this point. Um, but it's it's really it's it's kind of this sweeping idea about the hire and fire cycle of mortgage, you know, and and. If you look at historically kind of the waves of, of people being hired and fired, they correspond with, you know, how much business people are doing at that point. And so if you also look a little bit more closely at some of the statistics from like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, basically nobody got a job in mortgage from like 2010 through 2018. You know, like I'm, I'm exaggerating to a degree, but, but I, I think when you think about a healthy organization structurally, you want to have a wide range of experiences. You want to have kind of your kids who can come in or just inexperienced people and they can learn from people who have at least done that job before who can say, yeah, you know, like that, that works, but, but maybe here's a better way to do it. Um, and then by contrast, you also want to have people who are in the middle and who have promise that can, can become, you know, part of your managerial structure or, you know, people who have, the ability to specialize because they've learned so many different skills and tasks and, and they just like, they know, they know where the buttons are, you know, at, at the, uh, the control room. Um, and then you have executives who, who, you know, hopefully come from a few different 
levels of experience as well. Um, but you don't really have that in mortgage for the most part. You know, you have you have a lot of folks who are who are getting up there and, and considering retirement, and then you have a lot of people who are 25 years old and work in Detroit, and this is their first job in the industry. Um, but you don't have a lot of managers industry wide. Of course, this varies by company, um, but not a lot of people who are like 35 years old and could really become you know, kind of a bedrock of, of um, you know, either a brokerage or, or a, you know, a large lender or even a medium-sized lender. And, and so I've, I've been chatting with a lot of executives and, and also people who are just getting their start um, in the business and trying to figure out, you know, what, what about this middle? We, we really have, you know, it's like a sandwich that only has two pieces of bread. It's, yeah. it's weird. And, and then you look at, you know, if, if I'm an executive and let's say I'm in my early to mid 60s and I just had the best year ever, like literally the best year ever. And then I have next year and that's probably going to be like maybe my second best year later. Dude, I'm not I'm not staying in, in New York or New Jersey. I'm retiring and I'm moving to Florida or Arizona or, you know, wherever people decide um <laughs> To spend, you know, the, the retirement the, years the in. Days of, yeah, exactly. And and that's going to create, I think, a lot of structural issues at some lenders. And I, I don't think enough attention is being paid to this. Um, and there are a lot of different ways in which people can staff up. And, you know, you have a lot of companies that do very minute specialization um, that are very much like big MBA kind of style, like Rocket. You know, they, they have hugely specialized workforce and, and they're very efficient um, and then there are other companies that, that have totally different approaches and I don't know which is right or which is wrong. And, you know, it's, it's such an early period in the hiring, you know, something like tens of thousands of people have been hired in the industry just mm-hmm. in the last calendar year. Um, and how many have already washed out, you know, how many are going to be fired? How many underwriters who are commanding salaries and, and massive bonuses, you know, or know that they're going to be out of a job? when everything slows down in a year and a half or two years or, you know, whatever that time is. Um, So I I think there are a lot of really serious structural issues to how the industry hires um, and retains talent and, and, you know, um, kind of bloods new talent and develops them that aren't really addressed. Um, You know, I I think because who wants to address that, you know, it's not, there's not a lot of uh, impetus to do so, but um, that, that's definitely something that I'm going to be working on. So if, if anyone out there wants to talk to me about what they've uh, what they've seen at their company or or what kind of new methods they're they're trying out, I would love to talk to you. So, you know, shoot me a message. There's so many lakes to that story too. That's something that I've always loved following the coverage of, but been fascinated about because people obviously we've said it. I think every leader in this industry has joked about no one chooses to go into mortgage finance really as their future career. And you focus on the LOs, but between underwriters and processors, especially processors are so busy and they have the potential to make more if they work more type thing. Um, There's just a lot of moving parts in that story that I think each one could be its own deep dive. I did have a little mortgage nerd joke because you, you said the word bedrock which is also an, another company name of uh, Rocket, the team. And I was like, oh, it's a funny pun not intended in our conversation. Oh, not that clever at this hour. <laughs> um, but I laughed at the pun. Well, we always like to kind of close out with um, the same question, which is 
there's so many, so many pieces of content coming out in the industry right now. What's maybe a piece of news outside of everything we just said that people aren't paying attention to that maybe they should put to the forefront and start watching a little bit closer? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to throw out a few different ones. I'm here for it. Because these are like little, little nuggets. Um, the first is some folks might have noticed last week that Mr. Cooper, U.S. Bank and PNC Bank, they all settled these federal lawsuits that had been you know, essentially saying that their, their servicing arms had been, um, you know, either either illegally foreclosing or um, not providing uh, certain borrowers a fair shake when they're in bankruptcy or you know, they, they didn't follow a lot of procedures. And and I, I don't think those are coincidental that those were settled in the last few weeks. One, you know, we're in the waiting days of the Trump administration. Two, um, look at how much money these companies have all of a sudden. You know, I, I just don't think that it's coincidental that they've all decided, look, we finally have all this cash on hand. Let's put that to bed. Let's make, you know, people sleep a little bit easier at night. Um, so that that's one. I, I think that if there are any outstanding issues and you're a mortgage lender and you're, you're looking at your, your kitty right now, you got to think like, this is probably a good time to just throw a few million dollars and, and end the, the, uh, you know, any, whatever scrutiny they, they might be under. Um, so that's the first thing. The, the second is uh, UWM is going to be going public soon. I've been chatting with sources in the industry and um, they say it's going to be happening within the next few weeks. So that is uh, something that I, I think a lot of people are going to be following very closely. And I also want to point out that UWM is, is um, I don't think it's a surprise to people, but they've been putting a lot of new products out to kind of generate some buzz in the industry. So they had a you know, new FHA loan. They have um, they have a new jumbo product coming out, which they haven't done in, wow. I think it's been several years. So so that's interesting. And then, you know, they're also kind of moving in the direction of, of trying to include, um, you know, the, the new lending limits into yeah. their conventional plan before they necessarily have to take shape next year. So I think UWM might even have another trick or two up its sleeve to generate even more buzz. Um, when they do finally go public. And I expect that's probably going to be after the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that's going to be something to watch for sure. Um, and then just generally, you know, we, we saw last week in the news, the CFPB finalized two rules related to mortgage underwriting standards. So we've got um, one finalized new QM standard. And what they've essentially done is adopted a pricing threshold to determine if a loan can avoid, you know, liability <laughs> under ability to repay requirements. So, um, as you may remember, it used to be the, the simple TTI of 43%. Um, and now what they're doing is they're basically giving lenders relief for loans capped at 150 basis points above the prime rate. Um, and the second rule is just related to season mortgages. Basically, um, you know, it finalizes that a loan can automatically obtain QM status if the lender holds it for, I think it was three years. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 36 months, which is three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, Got it. That's math. Yeah, that's why I went to journalism. I was going to say, we're journalists, we're writers. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't get into this to do math. Um, and the final thing is, um, I, I saw a pretty interesting stat last week. I think it was from Black Knight, but they noted that the the retention rates over the third quarter were, were falling even, you know, over the last few months, they've dropped even further. So I think the average retention rate for refis dropped to like 18% in the third quarter. And I believe that was a low from even, you know, since the, the Great Recession. So with 
rates as low as they are and going to continue to be really low, you know, we might even see retention rates drop below 15%, which is just bonkers. So I did want to closing thoughts, connect two dots there that I thought was interesting. I was reading your um, next year is the year of the MSR piece about how um, UWM, that's kind of one flex that they have right now is saying, Hey, we can retain our servicing rights type thing. And that's something that they get asked about all the time. And taking that the next step is also like that also comes with hiring that also comes with more people. And so connecting that dot to also our industry needing more people and having to staff up for um, there's this whole larger ecosystem there at work and um, UWM and those big companies are definitely watching it closely as well. So appreciate a lot of your insights there. Totally. And, and I, I think, yeah, it's, it's funny because UWM, like they're, they're great at originating mortgages. Mm-hmm. Like they're so good at it and they've done so much business, but they're, they're not known yeah. as like a servicing shop. You know, I, I think they've historically been like top 15, but not really, you know, they, they often have sold their loans, you know, once they've been kind of seasoning for two or three years, you know, and, and typically there's not a lot to do with those loans. You know, those loans are usually pretty, pretty solid. Um, so whether they're able to really do well at servicing, I, I think is still an open question. Yeah. And we watch servicing close. I have, we've long talked about servicing technology and what the role that plays and being able to service all of these loans. And this is next year is the year. A lot of things will kind of you'll be able to see the truth, I feel like, behind it with all the loans coming in, in forbearance, coming out of forbearance, and then a lot more lenders saying they want to hold on to servicing rights, um, which only means there's more, more coverage to closely follow. I think what you're going to see is, you know, there are a lot of lenders who talk a big game, but I think if you're, and they're going to say, you know, we, we want to drive our borrowers, we're going to hold these loans, we're going to work on them. Um, but who puts their money where their mouth is, is going to depend on whether you see a lot of them hiring subservicers to yeah. do all their dirty work. Yeah. You know, and if they don't, I think you can be relatively confident that they actually do believe in this. If they're hiring subservicers to do everything in forbearance or whatever, you know, that's probably not the case. Yeah. So actions always speak louder than words, right? It's my favorite question of this industry is, are you going to build it, buy it or um, partner in order to get it. So subservicing is just another example of that. Are you going to use a white label technology and kind of go that direction and a partner there? Um, well, James, it's always um, a pleasure. And I'm sure our audience appreciates just hearing a lot of your inside look into what's going on in the newsroom. Like you said, it's a busy news week. I don't think we're about to slow down to the end of the year. So be sure to check out Housing Wire. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much. Take care. Trying to get as much information and data as possible as you head into 2021? Well, our premium content membership program, HW Plus, is here to provide you with just that. To close out the year, HW Plus is hosting a 2021 Economist series. Not only will you get access to all of their forecasts for 2021, but you will also get access to our HW Plus Slack channel, where we'll be hosting weekly Q&As with these economists, giving you the opportunity to ask your questions directly to them. Sign up for HW Plus today at www.housingware.com backslash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.